We're going to try to finish the book of Revelation today, Lord willing. Uh, last two weeks we've been in the 22nd chapter. And to call in review, we saw the river of water of life, the river of life which is the Spirit of God coming from the throne of God in heaven and immortal glory. Heaven is full of His glory. God is in all creatures there and will be. There's no death. There's no sorrow. There's no sin. Total, holy, acceptable in the eyes of God. Worship is given to the Lamb of God, our Lord and our King. There. This knowledge, this Spirit, this kingdom has come down from heaven, out of God from heaven. Realize who is the author of this to us in the world. This was revealing to us the church of God, the light of God within us that lights our heart, that lights our soul. The light of the Gospel, if you'll have that, which brings life and immortality to light teaching us of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. While so many in the world are looking for and teaching other things, God sustains a people in this world who realize whom He reveals Himself to, Revelation, the name of the book, in Christ, that they realize the only chance, the only hope, all they need, all they have, more than they could wish for, is all in Jesus Christ, His Son, who came into this world and died to save us from our sins. This is the knowledge of the Gospel. We see just a little bit of what God, the Godhead in Christ is through the preaching of the Gospel and the revelation to the Spirit of God. But he makes the point that these sayings, the doctrine, are faithful and true. They are. They're given to God, I mean, to us from God. God to Christ to us. Going back to Revelation 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a precious knowledge. This knowledge is in the kingdom. This is what we preach. This is what we teach. The word of truth. And Christ established that. As His church is here in the preaching of the Gospel, remember the fishermen that stand upon the river of water of life who were fishing for men of every type, Gentiles. All this a type of the New Testament church that God established in Christ in this world first and foremost for the glory of the Son of God that He would have a people who would bear witness to Him. And the knowledge of this truth given unto us that we may have peace while we live in this dark sinful world. He said, Behold, I come quickly. We have a kingdom. We have a place that God has given us. This is a refuge from despair. Remember that. We're talking about the church. The true church. The true doctrine. There's only one church. okay? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. But there is a people that God sustains that bear the identity of the church that Christ established in the world. That gives glory to God. 
that gives glory to the Godhead, that gives glory to Jesus Christ. And we have great peace and comfort in that. God loves us. We have the knowledge that God has loved us with an everlasting love. We have the knowledge that we have a home in immortal glory in heaven above. And that sustains us in the whole place within us while we live in this world. But we preach the Gospel. He said, Behold, I come quickly. We've got this place to live and to be as a refuge until the time that He returns. And how precious the church is. Today's text is going to be completely about the church when we get there. In review, we see these things. We see we're to be separate from the world. Let the wicked be wicked. The just be just. And He says again, I come quickly. I come quickly. Giving us the knowledge as we live in this kingdom, as we study the Scripture, as we preach the Scripture, as we fellowship with each other and with Christ, that it's not going to be very long. He says, I come quickly. Satan's loosed in this world, I believe. All the things around us that are so dark that sicken us, that sicken us from the way men think and act, to the way they treat each other, the things that sicken us. He says, I come quickly. It's not going to be long. This is going to be over. But in the meantime, the God that says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and He truly is, yea, amen, has given us a kingdom. He's given us the church of Jesus Christ. Let's begin the text. It's at verse 14. Blessed are they that do His commandments. This is a situation where we will rightly divide the word of truth and true doctrine from false doctrine. We know and we understand that our life is in Christ. The word which God spoke in creation, when He created the heaven, the earth, and the world, was Christ, the living Word of God. The Word that God speaks in the dead they that hear among the dead shall hear, have life, new creatures in Christ. We know that our salvation is in Christ, that the best works we can do are filthy and as rags before the throne of God. We understand therefore that our works, our doing, our being, our choices, our money, our love, our Warm, fuzzy thoughts which are vain before God. All that we can do, even if we are born of the Spirit of God, has absolutely nothing to do with earning our way to heaven. In fact, they are evidence that God is in us. So we understand and know that we do these things because God is in us. Now let's look at this because we understand and know that our eternal life is in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who died for our sins, was raised for our justification, as in, and is in heaven forever making intercession for us. We see in Romans chapter 8 a list of all the ways we suffer persecution in this world. And we find the last verse revealing to us is that nothing can separate us from the love of God 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is that telling us? That is teaching us of a plain fact through revelation of Jesus Christ that if the Father gave you to the Son and the Son laid down His life for you, it's His work and the election of grace that you have eternal life and nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, there's nothing we do to obtain or earn or in any way contribute to what we were predestinated to be sons of God, destiny set before the world was, predestination in Christ Jesus. There's nothing can change that. Now read the text. Blessed are they that do His commandments. Let's go back a few verses. And let me find... Uh, behold, I come quickly. Verse 7, same book, 22. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Lord, give me a simple tongue. Every child of God, the Father gave to the Son. Every child of God contained in the election of grace, every child of God whom Christ died for will stand in heaven in immortal glory because they keep, they keep the sayings of the prophecy of this book. There are children of God that walk through this world like the thief on the cross that will not know God, that will ridicule God, that will hate God by their very nature. He was ridiculed the Savior upon the cross by two men. And then we see a change in one at the very point of death who cried out for mercy from the Lamb of God who hung between Him and separated Him from the other male factor. Why? He walked His whole life in hatred in His nature. A male factor. Guilty of sedition. Because there at the very point of death, Christ touched him. I'm giving you truth. Scriptural truth. There are people that walk in this world that never manifest God in their life in any way until the point of death. And they keep the words of the testimony of this book because every child of God at some point between conception and death will be born of the Spirit of God. We may not see it. We may not realize it. But the man who hung there in the middle, Jesus Christ, He does. He knows. He works it. And then we keep the word of His testimony. Being recipients of the grace of God. Being recipients of the love of the Christ, the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. Now I'm giving you this to make a difference between these two. This is talking about life in heaven and immortal glory, given to us freely by the choice of God and the election of grace by the work of God, the Godhead and the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who came into the world as the Lamb of God. To Him belongs all glory. It's all His work. 
Nothing can separate us from that. And we will all keep the word of His testimony for we will all be born of God and be changed before we die. Now let's go back to text. Blessed are they that do. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. His commandments. There are very, very many sons of God. Yet there are very, very few in comparison. Always has been. Always will be. Very, very few disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Disciple means discipline. Acts 10 says they were called Christians first in Antioch. Why were they called Christians first in Antioch? Because there they taught the Word of the Lord. They tried to be like Christ. They tried to act like Christ. They tried to discipline themselves and turn away from the things of the world. This is the duty of the church. This is the duty of a disciple. Blessed are they that do His commandments. I could find no better place to to explain this by a scriptural sense in John 15. Jesus is talking and says, I am the vine. I am the vine. What's He saying? I'm the connection between you and God. I'm the intercessor. I'm the mediator. Through Me, God comes down to you. He said in verse 4, Abide in Me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in Me. What is He saying back up here? Blessed are they that do His commandments. He says that they may have right to the tree of life. Now let's get to that in a moment. They that do His commandments. This is talking about the kingdom of God. This is talking about the holy city, New Jerusalem. This is talking about the New Testament church in the world. Our work has nothing to do with us getting to heaven in immortal glory. But our work in this world, taking up our own cross, crucifying ourselves daily to the affections and things of the world, turning aside from the world and striving to walk with Christ in this... Oh, let's not just go with the darkness of this world. One of the devil's names is Lucifer. That means bright and shining. The things he allures us with and causes us to sink into the pit of despair for just a little while. Turning away from those things. They that do His commandments. He said in verse 7, If you abide in Me and My words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done unto you. Herein is My Father glorified that you bear much fruit. We're to bear fruit. We are to serve the Lord. We are to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. To offer our bodies as living sacrifices. This is talking about church. Membership. This is talking about worship. Blessed are they that do His commandments. That's not saying we're perfect. That's not saying we're perfect at all. I am a sinner. I was born a sinner. As long as I live in this body, I will be a sinner. My thoughts are sinful and impure. My body is sinful and impure. My actions are sinful and impure. That's why Paul said in Romans 7, that I would obey Christ. I do not, but that I hate sin. That do I. 
And then he clarified it all with a great statement. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God for Jesus Christ the Lord. We're not going to attain perfection in this world. We're sinners. But we strive to do the things that God has given unto us to do. I hear people talking about things that get so aggravated sometimes when I realize how good the Lord God is to me. Well, we don't need sinners in the church. Well, if we don't have sinners in the church, there's not anybody going to be in the church but the Lord Jesus Christ. My goodness, Jesus said, I come not to call the righteous but sinners. To where? Repentance. What did Jesus tell the woman in John chapter 8? Taken in adultery by the very religious elite. What do you say? Moses said, Stoner, what do you say? Lord, did He match me? He knelt down and wrote on the ground. Let ye that is without sin cast the first stone. If we were under the law today, there'd be piles of rocks everywhere. The way we live, we'd all be stoned. Let ye without who is without sin cast the first stone. And they all went away. Now catch this. Woman, where are those unaccusers? No man condemn me, Lord. What did he say to her? Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Where do we go and learn not to sin anymore? Where do we learn of the truth of Christ? Where is life and immortality brought to life? In the place God ordained to place His name where the preaching of the Gospel is given to the children of God that they may hear and learn and know and strive to do the things He's told us to do. Go and sin no more. This is the church. We find... Oh, not be the hobby horse. I hadn't done this in a while, but I'm going to do it today just a minute. If you'll bear with me and pray for me. We sometimes, because we have been taught, want to be so hard-hearted and self-righteous. Well, he was a sinner. He did this back when he was 20 years old. He's 50 now, but because he did it then, he don't deserve a home in the church. The Bible says that. God forbid. God forbid. Matthew 23, Jesus condemned the Pharisees for their self-righteousness. He said, I'm, I'll read it. I'll read it. I'm not in a hurry. Matthew 23, I believe verse 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, religious men. Boy, don't we have some today. For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin under the law and have omitted the, omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, judgment of God once again. Christ said, I come not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. God grants repentance. Godly sorrow leadeth thee to repentance. There is no repentance without the Spirit of God within you. That's the work of God. That's the hand of God. It's in grace and it's in mercy. And that's the next one, mercy. But it's God's 
judgment in Christ was merciful to us, ought we not be merciful one to another? I've seen a couple of churches close in my years because of hardness of heart. If you turn everybody out of the church... There's nobody left. And that's what this context is talking about today. The church. Judgment. Mercy. And faith in Christ above. These ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. Well, that 55-year-old man wanted to join the church with a fornicator when he was a teenager. Okay. If God hath given him a heart of repentance, he's forgiven the churches to take it. There's a whole list there. First Corinthians six. But who cannot enter the kingdom of God? Verse nine. Know ye not that the unrighteous? Well, that's all of us in our nature, is it not? What is he telling you? God's going to change you to bring you here. Should not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. We're all going to fit in there somewhere or another. One's just like the other. We can't inherit the kingdom of God on our own. And such were some of you. Oh, I know people say, yeah, they was like that, but we turned them out. Famous saying around some of the people regarding churches, me and thee, or me and two, me and you, because everybody else is gone. I'm tired of seeing churches die. Hardness of heart kills churches. God is merciful to us, and we ought to be merciful one to another. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. You're cleansed in the blood of Christ. You're sanctified by the Spirit of God. And you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that to do the commandments of God, in the Old Testament they kept the law. Jeremiah 1, the Lord told Jeremiah, Joshua, Joshua, I'm sorry, Joshua 1, to meditate, to be strong, to be courageous, and meditate upon the words of my law and to keep them. There were penalties for sin. They had discipline. Jesus told His disciples, I give unto thee the King of the kingdom of heaven, the keys. We don't control who goes to heaven in immortal glory. That's talking about who comes in the church today. We must maintain discipline. I have no problem with that. But to one, God has granted repentance. Christ condemned the Pharisees for not entering into the kingdom and not letting others enter either. To turn away a child of God that God has forgiven, that God loves, that God has brought to the church. You think God's going to overlook that? I'm tired of seeing churches dead. As He loved us, we are to love each other. For He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what to do, what is good and what is required of thee to do justly. That means I need to walk justly. To love mercy. Be merciful to my brethren. 
and to walk humbly with thy God. Now, blessed are they that do His commandments and they that may have right to the tree of life. Right to the tree of life. Remember Adam we, last week or two, maybe both of them, we talked about the tree of life in Genesis that God placed there and how God drove man from the garden unless he would live forever if he took the tree of life in that sinful condition. That was an act of mercy. God cut it off. That was a physical tree, but yet it's a type of Christ. What is he saying here? Blessed are they that do His commandments. What are His commandments? Back to John 15. That ye love one another. In the Old Testament, they had to keep the law. What does Paul say? Love is the fulfilling of the law. Christ fulfilled the law to jot and a tittle in His love for us. Love covers a multitude of sins. When we love and we forgive each other, we're doing His commandments. We are loving each other because we love Christ. If I heard Bobby Howell say this many years ago down in Tuscaloosa. If Christ forgave us, why can we not forgive each other? Because Satan, because Satan wanders about as a roaring lion. Satan's got this entire world right now in a powder cake. White hating black, Asian and black hating everybody, hating everybody ready to fight and hate and kill each other. Love, and I'm not talking about love in the world, I'm talking about love between God's children and the kingdom of God. Love is the fulfilling of the law. In this dark world we have this kingdom. Blessed of God, for He is blessed, is always blessed of the greater, and God is the greater. Blessed are they that do His commandments. Blessed are they that love the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed are they that love the brethren. Just like the father with the prodigal son who took all he had and wasted it and squandered it and lived in idolatry and righteous behavior. But when he came down the road to come home because he had repentance and remembered the things in his father's house, his father rejoiced. And we ought to rejoice. Blessed are they that do His commandments. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. How much did He love us? Does He love us? Current and tomorrow. Blessed are they that do His commandments. That they may have right to the tree of life. That they might have right to Christ. What does that mean? They made a decision to... Accept Him? No. That's saying those that love God, those that love their brethren. And not just a love of supplying natural needs to natural men. Every time I go in Publix, I put some money on the food bank. Don't know who I'm feeding, don't care. That's not a brotherly love. That is a love that God tells us that we ought to do to help our fellow man. I don't give enough. Shame on me. But we have a brotherly love where we're united in Christ together. And we are to love one another and forgive one another. We're blessed when we do that. We have a right to the tree of life which is Jesus Christ. The peace of God. The prosperity in the kingdom. And that we may enter in through the gates into the city. 
New Jerusalem. The church. For without our dogs, a dog, the first primary meaning is a male prostitute. We see all that in Ephesus and Philippi too. But to the Jews who looked down upon the Israelites who went into Samaria, the ten and a half tribes, they considered their own blood kin as far as being from Israel, dogs. Heathen. Dogs. All Gentiles, all Gentiles were counted dogs. For without the city of Jerusalem, this is one reason this is not talking about heaven and immortal glory. Oh, without will be the wicked because they'll be down in the fire. And God's people will be up. Here, now, without the church or dogs, Gentiles, those that think it's strange that you do not run to excess of riot with them. Boy, did we see that this last year in this God-blessed nation which is under judgment of God for without our dogs. Not knowing God. Gentiles. Sorcerers. Witchcraft. Whoremongers. The nature of man. And murderers. Those who love blood. Bloodlust. Those who love to kill. Well, where do we see killing? We saw some of them in the riots. We see a million a year in the womb. And idolaters. Gold, silver, money, power. And whosoever loveth and maketh the light. Now this is coming down in all this in the church or without the church. What's outside the church but wants to come in the church. Whosoever loveth a lie and whosoever maketh the lie. What is it talking about? What do we see the destruction of a few chapters before? The dragon, the false prophet, and the beast. The Antichrist. The deception. Satan's lies. What's the importance of this being revealed to us in Revelation? We have an understanding of the sovereignty of God, of the providence of God, of His Son Jesus Christ. Without the city. Oh, we could... I could take you places in Birmingham if they're still there. Or just just pulling up in the yard would make your skin crawl from the darkness within some of the homes and places that are there. Here we have a refuge. Israel would join around the Ark of the Covenant. We join around... Christ, we have right to the tree of life, the life in Christ. I came that they might have life and life abundant. Here we have life abundant. And all that's without. This is the precious kingdom of God that Christ built in this world. It's not made with hands. It's not made with stones. It's made with living stones. 
children of God. And just as when Solomon built the temple in the Old Testament, there was not a single item that was brought from inside Jerusalem. It all came from outside. That's a picture of the Gentiles being brought into the kingdom of God by Christ. He said, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel. It's a messenger to testify unto you, you who hear, these things. Where? What are we talking about? In the churches. How? The preaching of the Gospel. Glory be to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's all for Him. It's all by Him. It's all about Him. He has the preeminence. Our Lord, our God, our Savior, God manifest in the flesh, Jesus Christ. I, Jesus, have sent Mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. 2 Samuel, the Lord, I'm turning to the 132nd Psalm, maybe I'll find it before I get there. 2 Samuel, the Lord promised David that after he was dead and gone, his seed would sit upon the throne. And we can trace that back to the kings of Israel and see that that was so as long as they had a king. And we can turn to Luke chapter 1, which I will in just a moment, and show you who He is. Verse 11 of the 132nd Psalm, The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. Luke chapter 1, when the angel Gabriel brought the message to Mary that she was highly favored of God. Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 31, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. This is a man in a body. And shall call his name Jesus, meaning Savior. He shall be great, the greatest of all, shall become the Son of the Highest, God in heaven. And the Lord God shall give unto him. Here's the fulfilling of the promise made to David. Because we can turn to Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 4 and we can trace them back through Mother and through His earthly father in the way of being a caretaker and role of father. He was not His father. Joseph was not His father. God was His father. God is His father. He, she was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. But He said, He's, The Lord God shall give unto Him the throne of His father David, and He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of His kingdom there shall be no end. What is He saying over here? He's giving you this fact revealed that He is the One who lived and died and laid His life down and raised it up again and is the right hand of the majesty on high. That He is the root and the offspring of David. What is He telling us? I'm the Lord of lords and King and kings. I rule. I reign. I have fulfilled the law to a jot and a tittle. What was prophesied in the Old Testament is fulfilled in Him. And the bright morning star. Peter says we have a day star rising in our heart. Let me go back to Numbers. That's my 
favorite place to touch on this. Numbers 24. Let's get on back there. It's after Leviticus. Balaam was called to curse Israel. Let me give you something in 23. If I can find it. Yes, here. Now this is how much God loves you. You read the Old Testament. How sinful, how stiff-necked the people in the physical nation of Israel were. Look around us today and see how sinful and how stubborn the spiritual nation of Israel can be today. Back to Numbers 23, and I'll get back to my text. God is not a man, verse 19, that He should lie to the Son of Man, that He should repent. Hath He said, and shall He not do it? Or hath He spoken, and shall He not make it good? Behold, I have received a commandment to bless. He hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Here's my point. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Of all Jacob had done in all his sin, God hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Why? I'll give you two words. Jesus Christ. The Lord. He hath not seen perverseness. In Israel. Now back to the text. The star. The bright and morning star. 24 of Numbers. Same Balaam, same Balak. Speaking of why he cannot curse Israel. Verse 17, while in a trance with his eyes open, Balaam said, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. Here we go. There shall come a star out of Jacob. John chapter 1. The light of God. Jesus Christ, who lights the life of men. Not all men. All men the Father gave Him. And a scepter, a rule, a reign shall arise out of Israel. That's Christ. The light and the scepter. The law that God wrote upon your heart. And these, i got to move. And the Spirit. My whole life, and I understand this, our forefathers fought against the time from the 1830s when heresy ran through this country like a match runs through a hayfield. <clears throat> they took a stand best they could against Arminianism. Sometimes we as flesh are known to go too far or way too far. Believe me, I do it. I go too far, don't know when to stop many, many times. Tear stuff up and have to get it fixed or fix it myself. That's the nature of the beast. So we didn't tell people. Don't tell people they're supposed to join the church. Don't invite them to do that. We published an open door. I'm going to tell you, that's not Bible. Here is Bible. Here are the last words in the Bible. Here's the commandment of God. And the Spirit, that is the Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead who brings us in remembrance of former things and teaches us of Christ. And the bride. Who is the bride? The church. The church, the Lord's bride. What are we to do? We're to say, come. Come to church. 
Come into the ranks. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, be baptized. Come into the church, take up your cross, and serve the Lord. Acts, I believe, chapter 8, Philip at the eunuch. We're to make disciples. We can't make children of God, but we can take a born-again child of God whom God hath prepared, whom God hath made ready, and we can teach them by the preaching of the Gospel to be disciples. All that's the work of God. We're just the means He uses. I can't preach something. I can't teach you anything. That all comes from the hand of God. And I thank Him. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come and let him that heareth. If you hear the Gospel, if you hear the truth, individual person, what does the Bible say? Him, one person that heareth, say, Come! Come into the church. Join the ranks of the army of God. And let him that is a thirst, Matthew 5, <laughs> blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You don't get thirsty if you're dead. If God has given you life, then you're thirsty and you're hungry. That thirst and that hunger, you're filled once God has given you life by the Gospel. It gives you drink. It gives you food. John 6, Whoever drinks his blood eats his flesh. The gospel gives you strength. And whosoever will, what does that mean? That means whosoever God hath given life among the elect of God, Jew or Greek, Jew or Gentile, whosoever God has prepared their heart for the Lord added daily, such as should be saved. I don't add. You don't add. We're the means by preaching the Gospel that God calls one into the church. But whosoever will. Sinners. Whosoever. Go back to that list in 1 Corinthians 6. Whosoever God has cleansed. Whosoever God has justified. Whosoever God has sanctified. Whosoever has a heart of repentance. Let Him take the water of life freely. Freely come. It doesn't cost anything. Come here and sit under the sound of the Gospel. If God has given you a heart to feel and ears to hear, we're to say, Come! Come! For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophet of this book. Now you understand this. You understand this. This is not speaking of ungodly men, okay? This is speaking of the church. This is speaking of men who hear the words of the prophecy of this book. If you hear it, God hath revealed it to you. If you hear it, you're born of God. If you hear it, you're a child of God. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, what a stern warning He's giving to the church. Look at the world today. Look at all the lies taught today. 
If any man shall add unto these things the prophecy of the book, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Didn't say God's going to cast him into hell. Nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But God will send the plagues on him that he sent on the beast and those who worship the beast and have the number of the beast in their hand, their works, their mind, their thoughts. If we walk with the ungodly, we will suffer with the ungodly. I was told my whole childhood, you hang around with the wrong people, you're going to be like the wrong people. You're going to suffer with the wrong people. And that is a true fact. Any man that adds to this book will suffer the plagues of this book. Any man that adds to this book, this prophecy, any man that denies the finished work of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? You've got to do this. If I had time, I'd get into John chapter 1. But I want you to realize He came to His own, His own received Him not. If anybody could receive Him, it should have been the natural Jew. But they rejected Him. And then He tells us about the blessing of those who did receive Him. First of all, received does not mean they accepted Him and received Him as their personal Savior because He was already their personal Savior. They weren't born of the will of man or of blood or of anything else. They were born of the Spirit of God. God had given them life. The word received means to lay hold of in an intimate sort of a way as a family member, as a brother. And Christ is our elder brother. And when we're born of the Spirit of God and called by the preaching of the Gospel and the Kingdom of God, we receive Him as an older brother. We follow Him. We, we walk with Him. We look to Him. If we add in the words of this book, we lose the joy of our salvation. Doesn't mean we're not a son of God. We may do good things for the wrong reason, but we lose the fact of the peaceful knowledge that Christ died for our sins. Period. 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 Nothing else in this world matters that can come between us and between that. Anybody that died that loves the Lord when they die, they're with the Lord. That's a knowledge beyond understanding. A peace beyond understanding. And if any man... I'm all brought up a knot. And if any man shall take away, take away... From the words of the book of this prophecy, let's rightly divide the word of truth. God shall take away His part out of the book of life. Okay. Time out. I have graven thee, that is you, not your name, but your person, upon the palm of my hand. That's where the book of life is in the hand of God. Nothing can take you out of the book of life. Period. That is a proven fact in Scripture. Nothing can take you out of the book of life. If I can find my text, Exodus 32, 
The children of Israel had just come across the Red Sea by their stiff-necked, rebellious nature. They had made themselves golden calves for God. Moses heard it came down. God was angry. God was angry. He had a right and He has a right. In through all that would happen, Moses prayed, God, blot me out of thy book. Moses said, I'm not going to blot you out. I'll blot the man that sins against me out. Let's rightly divide the word of truth. Moses returned to the Lord, this verse 31 of Exodus 32. Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Therefore go now, lead the people in the place which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, mine angel Christ shall go before thee. Nevertheless, the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people because they had made the calf which Aaron made. That book of life is not the book of life where your name is inscribed in the hand of God. We just proved that at the beginning. That book of life is in the hand of God. It's eternal. It's from before time. It's past time. From everlasting to everlasting. From eternity to eternity. This book is not a book of life eternally. This book is a book of life temporally as as a census. We just took a census. Oh, the Democrats want all the illegals to be in it so they can rule in this country. Should have said that, but I did. It's a fact. You need to realize it. But this book is a book of the living. It's a census. Those who were living in the day of Moses, they were made to wander in the wilderness 40 years until the corpses of them which sinned against God fell. They were not permitted to enter into the promised land. Same situation here. If you add to this book, if you take away from this book, I'll take away your part from the book of the living, the census. God is a jealous God. Those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. We must love God above all other things and adore Him. And the more we do, the more He reveals unto us of His power and His glory in Christ and love each other. Love is the filling of the law. If we change doctrine, if we make lives, we're no longer in the true identity of the church. We're no longer in the census book of the church. We're not no longer in the holy city. We're in a man-made kingdom. And we're taken away from the things which are written in this book. We lose the joy of the salvation of Jesus Christ and the knowledge of that while we live in this world and strive to worship. He which testifieth these things, the Lord Jesus Christ, says, Surely I love this knowledge. Surely 
I come quickly. You are here. You have this Spirit of God. You have the preaching of the Gospel. You have the Kingdom of Christ appointed unto Him and appointed through Him unto you in this world. You have the true Gospel. You have the knowledge that Christ will soon appear. When the last promised heir of God is born of the Spirit, Christ will appear. Don't know when that will be. But we know it's soon. We've already covered. Take hope in this. We've already covered Satan being loosed toward the end of the reign in this earth. Brethren, if he's not loose today, I'm deceived. It's not going to be long. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you get right with the Lord because you can't. I'm telling you rejoice because it's not going to be long and we'll be delivered. Give that glory to Christ. Surely I'll come quickly. Amen. It is so. Even so. This is my daily prayer. Come, Lord Jesus. Take us home. Come take us home. Take us where we can see You with our eyes. Take us where we can bow before Thee and kiss Thy feet and wash the feet with our tears. Take us where we can dwell without sin and sorrow and death. Take us where we can dwell with our Lord forever and ever and ever. Come, Lord Jesus. There's nothing to hold us here. That is a precious, precious knowledge. They call that the great homecoming. There's a song we sang years ago, the Lord's homecoming. Everyone that loves the Lord will be there. And don't forget the thief on the cross. There are going to be people there. We never had any inkling. We're a child of God, but they'll be there with Him. And we'll all be together. And then he closes the entire book of Scripture with these words. And this is exactly, this is exactly what we have and all that we need and far more than we deserve, which is manifest by the very Word itself. Grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Be with you all means the children of God. And he says, Amen.